Well, it is Tuesday, October 20th, and we want to welcome you to our live stream event this evening. And our theme for tonight is what to do when you get a diagnosis. And for those of you who don't know us, uh, my name is Pastor Adam Rivera. This is my beautiful wife, Diane, and we minister at the Liberty Baptist Church here in beautiful Easton, Massachusetts. And we're glad to be able to have an opportunity to be with you tonight. Uh, we wrote a book a few months ago, which I imagine you might have heard about once or twice, and that book is called Ministering to Children with Special Needs, about our experiences with our son's diagnosis, uh, our son AJ with autism several years ago, and the Lord allowed us to create this into a book that's really just done uh, pretty amazing over the last few months, more than we had ever expected, to be quite honest with you. And we might share a little bit of that with you at the end of the live stream tonight. But one of the ways that we would ask to be able to get not just the book uh, out to folks, but also the message of what we're talking about tonight is to ask you to share this live stream. And so all you have to do is to just click that share button at the bottom and uh, let everyone on your friends list, the people you like, the people you don't like, whoever they are, share it with them. Let them know that you're watching tonight. Encourage them to watch as well. Then come back onto our page and write the word shared as a comment. At the end of the night, here in about an hour or so, we're going to uh, have a random drawing and one person will receive a free copy of this book. We've got the postage ready. We'll send it out tonight. Now, if you already have a copy, we'll send it to someone else. If you think it'll be a blessing to them, we'll be glad to do that. But it sure would be a help to us if you would share this live stream and that way we could let more people know, not just again about the book, but really about what's dear to our heart, which is ministering right. to children and families with special needs. Well, we're going to get right to it tonight and we're going to get right to the questions. And again, uh, as we do a little bit of our conversation together, we'd encourage you as you're sharing, as you're commenting, as you're doing all these other things, if you have a question, we want to address those in the second half of our live stream tonight. So if you have questions about what to do when you receive an autism diagnosis, or any other kind of diagnosis, uh, write those questions below. We want to get to you at the second half of our live stream tonight. So, Diane, we're going to start with you this evening. And uh, we had a really good conversation about what we were going to talk about tonight a few days ago uh, on a little bit of a car ride and enjoyed it and going back and forth ourselves. I kind of wish we just recorded that because it would have <laughs> <laughs> really saved a lot of trouble right there. It was a very natural, good conversation, okay. helpful to me mm -hmm. even. But really, as we start, as you look back, at AJ's initial diagnosis, um, what's something that you think you would do differently? So just to give a little bit of background for those who may not know our story, our son AJ is nine years old and he was diagnosed with autism um, just after, just before his third birthday. And so we're now six years into this journey, almost seven years into this journey of um, his autism diagnosis and so in some ways six years feels like a long time ago <laughs> um, we've he's obviously um, had a lot of growth and a lot of development since the diagnosis um, he's also had a lot of therapies and a lot of helps since the diagnosis so in some ways it's hard for me to go back and even remember what it was like when he was three or four and getting that diagnosis um, so it was it was kind of neat for myself to just stop and think, you know, what was it really like? And that was encouraging because it was neat to see how far he and our family as a whole have come. But when I really stop and think back to when he first got his diagnosis, um, we received his diagnosis at a neurologist's office. And um, if I could go back to myself 
sort of six years ago. Um, the biggest thing I would tell myself is to kind of ignore everybody else. <laughs> as selfish as that sounds. Um, when AJ got his diagnosis, the first thing I did was got books and got on the internet and, and just read and read and read and read and read and, and searched and searched and searched and searched and searched because I thought that's how I could best help AJ. Um, the funny thing I learned, I wish I learned it quicker, but the funny thing I learned was that none of those other sources knew AJ. Only we knew AJ. And that's a big part in dealing with a child with special needs. It's great to get advice and counsel and learn from experts and learn from professionals, but none of them know your child. And so if I could change anything, it would be to go back and tell myself, while you're reading the books or while you're talking to the doctors, make sure to make time to get to know your child. And you know, for us, AJ was at that point in time nonverbal. Um, he had very, very, very few words, and even the words that he had, he didn't really use appropriately. Um, they call it functional language. He didn't really have functional language. And so, as a three or four year old, that was frustrating for him because he, he had intelligence and, and he was aware of what was going on. He just couldn't communicate to us what was going on in his own mind. And so that created a lot of tension and a lot of frustration, I think, between him and I, especially because I was the one home with him all the time. And so I think if I had just stopped and taken some time to get to know him and learn about him and learn how he communicated and to learn, you know, what did those sounds mean or what did that behavior mean or what and it's amazing because now that he's nine he still actually has quite a few of those behaviors and now we know what they mean and it diffuses the tension and it diffuses the frustration on his part so i think that would be my my biggest thing if if you're out there and you've just got your diagnosis i know it is absolutely overwhelming but in the middle of the busy and the bustle and the hustle of the the, the world you're about to get thrown into, take time with your child. Get to know your child. Um, learn how they learn. Learn how they communicate. Let them know that you're there for them, that you see them, that you hear them. They're as confused as you are because to them, they're normal. They don't know that they have a disability or a different way of learning to them they're just who they are and it's confusing to them so take some time with your child and just get to know them and that will really i think help a lot going forward in your journey it's a strange dynamic because you feel like you have a thousand people talking to you at the same time and you feel so alone right it's right. really strange when you think about it that way because everybody is an expert and many of them are in their own way sure. some are self-thought experts, you know, like people who write books and things, but uh, not, not quite like that. But uh, there are those who offer all kinds of information, but then you just feel so alone because mm -hmm. there's so many people that just don't understand. Right. They want to, but they just don't understand what you're going through, which is one of the things that compelled us to write the book in the first place. Sure. Was we wanted to be another voice, someone that you could trust, even if you don't know us, but maybe that you know Brother Sam Davison, maybe you uh, know uh, something about us from 
deputation where we visited your church or you know someone. Um, we want to be a trusted voice that even though we're not experts, we can at least say we know where you are. Sure. We don't know exactly where you are because every situation is different, different yeah. but we do have something that we can relate to you. Well, I want to thank you for joining in, and I hate to do this again like we're on the infomercial, <laughs> but you know what I've got to do. i got to remind you, please, if you've just logged in, share this to your page, and as you do so, uh, put back on this stream right here that you have shared. Several of you have done that already, thank and you. we will be giving away a free book at the end of the night. Uh, what book? Oh, this book, the one that I have right here that we wrote, Ministering to Children with Special Needs. We will give you this book, or if you would rather, we will create a Wikipedia page for you in your own name, whichever you would rather have tonight. We will be glad to do that. So uh, <laughs> continuing the tradition of strange giveaways, but uh, who knows? I mean, maybe you'd want that. I don't know, but we'll do that or the book either one. So, but uh, please share it. That is uh, a blessing. And so uh, again, we're talking tonight about what to do when you get your diagnosis. Bethany's just saying, make sure we say hi to Melissa because she said hello. Yeah. What's going to die? My computer. Oh, oh my then, computer's about to die. Yeah, plug well, it in. Just plug it in. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, just go plug Technical it in. difficulties. I yeah. thought she was like, say hi to Melissa. No, go, no, go uh, through that door. She was like, the computer's going to die. Yeah. She's watching to help with the giveaway. Yeah, so. okay. Okay, sorry. We were busy today using, I was okay. using my computer, mm -hmm. so. Yeah, you're fine, Bethany. All right. So, <laughs> um, uh, all right. Yeah, back to it. <laughs> random, Nothing's easy around random here. Random There's a special there. needs house. <laughs> Nothing's easy around here. We promise you that. <laughs> we will promise that this will always be real and authentic. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this will never be staged. Yeah. You better believe it. <laughs> For sure. So, um, continuing the conversation, what you know, thinking back to the time when AJ got his first diagnosis, I think one of the things we do talk about in the book is how differently we both handled it. Oh, yeah. Um, one of us immersed ourselves in all the stuff and, and Adam didn't. Not so and, much, yeah. and neither is right, neither is wrong. How you process grief, how you process um, information is how you process it. So there's no right or wrong. But if you could go back to the beginning of AJ's diagnosis, what's something that you would change? Uh, mine's a little bit different than yours, kind of along the same vein, but a little bit different. Uh, I would, and it sounds bad because we're not antisocial people, we're really not, <laughs> but I would care less about what people thought. Yeah. Uh, that would be the one thing that I struggled with was what does everybody think mm -hmm. about how we are handling being a parent of a child with special needs? Right. I have to tell you that I was that parent at Walmart before AJ, who if you didn't have your kids under control, I wasn't gonna say, now I was never gonna say anything to you. No. I wasn't that bold or stupid uh, for that matter to do that. <laughs> but I would be very disapproving of you and your handling of your child if they had a meltdown or something that resembled a meltdown uh, at Walmart or at the store, wherever it was. <sighs> then I got to the point where AJ would do this on a regular basis. Oh, and yeah, all the time. He couldn't at, handle stories. At first, I wanted to just have a badge that said, you know, <laughs> we're an autism family so that people would understand. Right. But that's, one, not practical because, yeah. one, that's just not doable. Two, right. uh, what an awful way to just lead with everyone. Oh, he has autism. Right. He has autism. Right. Uh, and so we couldn't do that. I mean, that just was not even part of the picture. And so I had to come to the point for myself that when it came to what other people thought about how we were parenting, um, not that we didn't care greatly about 
getting wisdom from people that we trusted. That's right. a different situation. And it's not that we're uncaring or unfeeling about other people. Sure. I don't mean that. But to parent based upon how other people think or perceive, right. especially when they don't have all the information, was something I just put off to the side uh, right then and right there. And we were talking about this in the car. I had forgotten this, that there was at one point, very early in his diagnosis, he was yeah. probably three or four, mm -hmm. and we were at Walmart. And that's the first problem. I mean, Walmart. I mean, <laughs> is there ever a good time to go to Walmart? I yeah, mean, that's right? kind of the way I feel about it. <laughs> but uh, we were at Walmart, and AJ had a meltdown. Now, again, remember, for a child with autism, a meltdown is not necessarily the same as just having an angry fit. No. For instance, a child who's screaming because at the checkout he wants a candy bar and mom or dad doesn't give them the candy bar right, or right. the candy bar. And so they have a fit. And that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about meltdown overload, sensory overload, something along this manner, because there's a lot going on at Walmart. It, I get sensory overload at Walmart. Talking about, yeah, <laughs> that's true. And talking about how this is kind of real in the background right now, I don't know if you can hear this. I can I hear know. AJ shushing. Yeah. He's just going, S -s -s breathing heavy over and over again it's because he's overstimulated yeah. uh even right now and that doesn't even necessarily mean it's bad mm -hmm. but oh he was this was a bad one at yeah. walmart and there was one lady who was not only showing her disapproval she was willing to let me know oh, yeah. how disapproving she was of how i was yeah. as a parent and i looked at diane after she left and said i'm taking him out of here i, I we gotta go I, i'll just so we sat in the car and she said we can't do this we can't do this all of our lives that right. when he has something like this that we just go out to the car. We need to learn how to deal with it. We need to learn that he needs to deal with it, help him to cope. Um, it, think, the, the conversation probably wasn't that uh, detailed at that moment, but the idea was yes. that the right way is not to evacuate. Right. And that was an important turning point for me. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, just to, to maybe broaden the thought, too, it's not this one shopping trip. And you did, you mentioned this in passing. It's the rest of our life. It's not this one shopping trip. Right. And, and we were already beginning to see that because of AJ being, um, having sensory processing disorder and some situations being difficult for him to handle, we did have to separate a lot of our activities as a family. And we went from a family who did everything together to a family that, because it was too difficult for our son to handle, we had to decide either we don't go, which isn't always fair on our older kids, or we have to separate. And so we were already doing that for AJ's sake, and so we weren't willing to then separate our family because somebody else felt uncomfortable right. like that's not i'm not gonna do that so hi amy so we had Good to, to get you. to the point where and i had to get to the point where when it came to people who especially who i didn't know especially right. those who i didn't know that wanted to pass judgment and didn't have all the information i didn't need to explain it the lord knew right. we trusted in the lord that that he understood and that he would help us through it and that was something big that I needed to learn. And again, it's not that neither of us care about the thoughts of other people. But no. in the end, when it comes to parenting your child, whether they're neurotypical or not, you answer to the Lord. Right. And so we appeal to the Lord first. We go to the Lord's word first. That right. is what I had to get to. Um, and I was slower to that than Diana was. And it was a great help to the point now where it doesn't even cross my mind. No. Um, maybe 
uh, I should think about it a little bit more sometimes, but it just doesn't <laughs> yeah. even cross my mind. And I thank the Lord he helped me get over yeah. that uh, for sure. So it uh, looks like we got some folks joining in once again. Thank you so much. We want to hear your questions because what we're hoping is as you share this feed that there's going to be other people joining in who maybe have some questions. Whether yeah. you do or not, there's someone that you're a friend with. There's someone that is not a friend, but they're on your friend list, which is, you know, 90% of the people <laughs> right. on our friend list, and right. they may have a question. This might be the feed that they need to be able to connect or to share or whatnot, and we'd love to be able to do that. Rhonda Dodd, it's good to see you tonight. Thank you so much for joining in. Oh, love your family. I haven't seen you for a long time, but we miss you, yes. and we think very much of you. So, And for others joining in, again, you know, share Amy, the feed and uh, write shared at the bottom. Amy is Christo's mom. Oh, is she? Oh, yeah. goodness. Well, I knew he I, wouldn't recognize the last name. Oh, I didn't. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. So thank you for joining us tonight. That that's is awesome. so, so cool. So again, share the feed, and that will be great. Put shared at the bottom, and we will enter you into the drawing tonight. Um, going back to what you said about not caring what other people think, I think I went through a little bit of, of that, too. Um, I think Mama Bear kicks in more sometimes when you're in those kind of situations, and uh, but I think one of the things that helped me the most with that aspect of like I'm not going to be judged by people that have no clue who I am they don't know our situation they don't know my family they don't know my son they're seeing like this much of him and there's so much more to him than what they're seeing but I think the thing that really helped me the most was remembering that AJ has worth and we have worth. And, and I think when you can get to a place where you realize that we make no, um, no, we don't hide the fact that we're Christians and that we believe um, that the Lord has a plan for all of our lives. And so, you know, my worth comes from him. My worth comes from the Lord. And AJ's worth comes from the Lord too. It doesn't come from what people in society think about him. It doesn't come from his accomplishments. It doesn't come from... Um, you know, how far he's advanced or any of those things, he has worth simply because the Lord made him. And that is his worth. And I think if you're out there dealing with a brand new diagnosis, take comfort in that fact that your child has worth. They deserve to be here. They deserve to be seen. They deserve to be loved. They deserve all of the things that all other children get, that we get. And that's because Christ has given them worth. And I think that when we, when you kind of get to that place that you realize it's no different, it helps you to kind of, it puts it in perspective. Oh, yeah. And it's like, you know what? You're seeing a tiny little bit. And because and, sometimes it's, it's not even that I needed to remember that AJ had worth. I needed to remember that I had worth. <laughs> like, yeah. I felt like oh, my sure. parenting was being judged very oh, yeah. harshly. Yeah. And if you're a people pleaser, that can be difficult. So, and um, just to get to that place where I realized, you know what? It doesn't, it doesn't matter what people think the lord sees me the lord knows our situation and and that brings comfort right and it's a fine line to walk because you want to have a good testimony you want to be able to think of the needs of others because that's part of being a christian is trying sure. to think upon the needs of others more than yourself but you're also thinking upon the needs of your special needs child as well mm -hmm. so putting all that together and really that's where it comes down to something we talk about in the book a lot. Being a spirit-led believer is something that you need to do every day, whether yeah, you have a special right. needs child or not. Right. Uh, navigating these kind of waters is something you don't want to do in the flesh. I mean, right. there's just no way to do it uh, on your own. I mean, you can. It just doesn't work long term. Sure. And so 
we think that's a that's the way to go for sure. Yeah. So now speaking about what other people uh, have uh, input and how they are a part of your initial diagnosis, let's talk a little bit about how we initially shared the diagnosis with our family because that's it. And yeah. again, this dynamic will be different because every family is different. Sure. Um, our family is, uh, you know, you have uh, mom and dad. I had mom and dad. Uh, right. Mom was alive at the time. Uh, you had a brother. I was an only child. Right. We had two older children just to give you kind of the family dynamic and that kind of classic I say two classic American families, but one was Scottish. One was Scottish. <laughs> so a classic American, a Western classic family, Scottish maybe? family. Western yeah. Family, so, um, but uh, not everyone's has that testimony. But just through our lens, and maybe you mm. can, uh, you're watching this tonight, and you can look at this through your own. But how did we share that with folks? Um, so we did actually get a question about this not too long ago about um, other children, like other children in the family. And so I think that's where we should ad address first. And we did get some questions come in, just so that you know, we will answer those at, at the end later, in yeah. about 10 minutes or so. So thank you for posting those. Um, but I think the people that we immediately thought of was, was our older girls. Peyton wasn't born yet, and but we did have the two older girls who I think we said were eight and nine at the time. Yeah, yeah. Is that right? I think that, so. Yeah. I think they were eight and nine. And so old enough to understand that, something was going on. And again, of course, our family dynamic was in such a way that we were an extremely close family. We just finished deputation. So for those of you who don't know what that is, we had literally spent about 10 months driving all over the United States. And so we were with each other every day, all day, and we were close. <laughs> He's was, lying. He's lying. 35,000 miles lying. in 10 months. It and was fun. The only thing that died was the van. That's how we thank the Lord that's, for it. But that is, that is how we lived. Right. Homeschooled the older girls. the girls. AJ yeah. um, loved it. I mean, he yeah. did. He was one, one and a half around the time. Yeah. yeah. And so we were already, we were an extremely close family. And so the girls obviously knew that there was things going on. They would, they knew we were going to doctor's appointments. AJ was already doing early intervention where we had therapists come to our home. So they were very much aware that this was a, some sort of journey that we were on. And then we had the appointment with the neurologist and the neurologist gave us AJ's diagnosis of autism. And I remember driving home in the car and that was the first thing I think after crying <laughs> that um that was the first thing i think that we both talked about was like how how do we tell the girls yeah. um so again we can't tell you what to do with your family or for your family because we don't know your family's situation but for us what worked was to just sit the girls down and and be honest with them and so we told them, look, we had a doctor's appointment today. Your brother was given a diagnosis of, of autism. And and the hardest part, I think, is trying to explain to people something that you don't understand yourself yet. And so there is some um, semantics there, maybe. That's not the right word. But the yeah, but you, you don't know how to explain. Interesting parts yeah. there, yeah. Yeah, you don't know how to explain it. Um, so, so we explained to them the best we could what that meant. And, of course... They asked questions, and, and I think that was the key part, was that we told them, look, 
this is an open dialogue discussion. If you have questions, you can ask them. We'll try our best to answer them. If we don't have an answer, we'll, you know, we'll try to find an answer. And I think that helped the girls. Um, we do want to do a live one time with the girls so that they can talk to you about their experiences. But I think just having that open dialogue with them and letting them feel comfortable to talk about it um, helped. And um, I think it was Kaylee. Kaylee asked us, is, is, does this mean AJ's going to die? And, and I think the sweetest thing about that was that was such a blessing to be able to say, oh, no, no. You know, we were feeling... The things that adults don't right. think of. Yeah. <laughs> we were, Never even crossed our We mind. were thinking yeah. how heavy this was. Like, how are we going to help our son? What are we going to do? And with her question asking us, is our, is our brother going to die? It was like the Lord said... See that you should be. This is this is a, something to be grateful for. It's perspective, yeah. Yeah, it, it put it in perspective. Yeah. No doubt. And so having them talk to us about that, I think helped us because it did put it in perspective. Like, no, he's not. He's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. He's going to, you know, have some challenges and difficulties that we're going to work through, but he's fine. And so that helped, I think. Yeah. Um, what would you say? Like, how about dealing with? Um, well, in our case, you were you were a pastor, so there was a lot of extended family, so to speak, yeah. that were very much involved in our lives. But how would, how would you, how do you think handling um, extended family and, and close friends, like how, how did that work for you? Well, I think it took some time. I don't have records. I keep records. In fact, in the book, I mentioned that I actually wrote down the day we got the diagnosis um, because I keep a pretty detailed journal uh, of work and personal things during the week. It's just mostly a way to keep uh, track of the agenda and the things that are going on. So I wrote that down. When we called our parents, uh, told other people, I'm, I'm a little fuzzy on, quite mm -hmm. honestly, because we were just so, um, we were just so, so I would say surprised because you had an idea, but just it was, it is to a hear shell it, shocking yeah, though. I'd say yeah. shell shocked is the way to look at it. But, uh, you know, for us, it took a little bit of time, but because I'm a pastor, and our life is on display a little bit anyway. I feel like we shared it fairly quickly because yeah. there were folks that knew, there were folks that were praying. Um, and then as pastor, I felt like it was important to share it with the church, share this right. burden with the church, um, uh, let them know some of the difficulties we were having. And if you are in ministry and you have a special needs diagnosis, I will say this is something I, I know that we like to have privacy, but we do need to recognize in some ways we do live in a fishbowl mm -hmm. and you do need to let people know because your church family is going to want to pray. They're going to want to help. Right. They're going to want to find ways and Liberty has always done that. And yeah. so I don't regret one bit no. telling them very quickly. Now your mm -hmm. situation may be a little different. And I think what Diane and I would say to you as it comes to extended family, friends, church family, is that don't get on the phone the minute you get home and call right, everybody. Right, now, right. if you need to talk to someone, one, talk to the Lord. And I don't mean that glibly, but our first person that we talk to is the Lord. And so mm -hmm. have some time of prayer. Uh, have that time where you can just cast your burden upon the Lord. I mean, yeah. that's what it says in the Word of God. But then talk to someone or a very small group of people that you can talk to where there'll be no judgment, where there'll be no, right. I don't even want to say advice. They'll just uh, yes. listen. They'll yes. just listen to you. And I've always said, you know, Job's friends did their very best 
when they said nothing. <laughs> so you look at the beginning uh, when the friends came. I think it was a week that they were with Job when they said nothing. They were the best friends when they said nothing. Because once they started talking, it got bad. Right. I mean, it got really right. bad. And so share with one of those kinds of godly friends if mm -hmm. you have them. And I pray that you do. Mm -hmm. um, but then as time goes on, share it with other people. The reason you don't need to share an autism diagnosis or most other special needs diagnosis right away is because very likely they're not going to go away. Right. There, there's no need for, if someone's in the hospital, you tell everyone quickly because they're in the hospital. Right. If someone has a terminal illness, you tell them because the time is short. Right. In this case, you need to be able to process it because the first question someone will probably ask you is, what does that mean? And you say, let me get back to you. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll get back to you soon. I, I, don't, I don't know, know what it means. And, yeah. and I've said before, to reiterate, because there's always new people coming on and joining us, is that when we got the diagnosis, I wasn't even sure the difference between autism and Down syndrome, right. which is embarrassing. It's embarrassing for someone who just wrote a book about special needs. But I think that some ways makes us the perfect candidates. Now, Diane sure. wasn't quite there. I was. But it makes me the perfect candidate, I will say, because... If the Lord can take me from that level of ignorance to a place where there's understanding and to the point that we can actually reach out and help someone else, right. he can do that for you too. Right, and right. so um, take your time mm -hmm. prayerfully, take your time, but talk to that person or those that small group of people that can help you. I think that'll be a blessing. And so yeah. uh, that's kind of where I would uh, say that we should be. Um, I would say to know your personality. Um, I'm much more of a people pleaser than my husband is. Um, it really bothers me. Like I have to give that to the Lord constantly. I don't like thinking that people think ill of me or that I've offended somebody or um, almost to obsessive level about it. So I have to be careful about that. So when you, if you have that kind of personality, you want to be careful that you are choosy about who you talk to. Um, in the beginning when you're still trying to figure out your own mind on the situation because you will get all kinds of advice and mm -hmm. not even ill-meant advice. People give you advice because they genuinely care, right. but it is overloading. I mean, it is, I had to, I mean, my messages on Facebook, once we finally did put something on Facebook, were full. My yeah. phone was full. My, I didn't have Instagram then, but it was constant. And, and then I started to think, oh, I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to try this, I have to, and it just got to the point where, like I said in the beginning, I was so focused on all of these things that I wasn't focused on AJ, when in reality, he was the one that needed me to be focused on him, because he helped us understand autism better than anything or anyone else. Yeah. Because we always say this, this is a well-known quote in the autism community, if you've seen one child with autism, you've seen one child with autism because it's a spectrum. They're all different. That's so it. That's it. So those are some of the experiences that we've had in having our initial diagnosis. And we'd love to hear from you. We've got some questions we're going to address in just a second. But just a little housekeeping for you. Did you know that Diane and I wrote a book? <laughs> we wanted to share this with you. Why? Because we have no money to advertise, and we want to use you as a way to help. And we wrote this book called Ministering to Children with Special Needs. And it's funny because folks are tuning in constantly, and we have found over the last couple months, we're getting to know people we've never heard before and met before, and it's just absolutely 
mind-blowing to us. It and so is. we do want to say, even as you're tuning in, we want to give one of these copies away. Share the stream even now. And again, even if you share it late in the live stream, it helps because other people are going to catch up with it later. Right. And so uh, share it on your page. Put shared on our page. We've got six folks right now. So right now the odds aren't bad that you'll get a free copy of this book. We'll send it out tonight, out by post, Pony Express, right to your house. Uh, you'll be able to have it in no time flat. And uh, if you already have one, we'll send it, uh, you send us an address to someone else you think it'll be a blessing. That'll be great too. Uh, we have some folks that have just uh, tuned in over the last few minutes as well. Brother Jose, Miss Anna, we met them in South Carolina and I pray, they're watching right now, I pray the captions are working because they're our deaf friends that now live in Georgia. And so I pray that the auto captioning is working and that you are able to watch. Thank you for joining us tonight. And uh, the Leclerc's uh, are joining us tonight. Uh, Sarah, your husband, eh, you know, that's all right. No, <laughs> yeah. we love Brent Paul. Uh, He's such but, a uh, uh, they're uh, ministering in Guam, but are coming back, if not they're already here, yeah. back. I think they're here already. And if they go to Worcester, yes. you better come down to Easton. That's all we're going to say. And hopefully <laughs> get to touch with us. We'd love to be able to catch up yes. with you all. I and think they're in the States already. That is wonderful. Yes. Doing a great job. Love seeing the updates. I saw her that getting Chick-fil-A, I think. If that, I remember that right, yeah. That so. is awesome. <laughs> so we're happy for you. We had a Chick-fil-A open in Brockton about 20 minutes from us about a year ago, and it was it's great. All right. That's very, all we'll say. It is, it is great. That. So, um, we did have a question. We had a question. I'm coming back up here. And again, we're going to take any questions, but if you have a question specifically about receiving a special needs diagnosis, you, someone you love, a family member, uh, extended family, let us know. We want to be able to answer that over the second mm -hmm. half of the live stream. And so, uh, Selinda Hartfield asked us, uh, how do you know when a child's behavior can be mm -hmm. controlled or not? knowing whether to discipline or not. And I would say this goes back to the story we told about being at Walmart store, and having yeah. a meltdown. So how do you know when their behavior can be controlled or not? And how do you know whether to discipline or not? It's an excellent question. And it's honestly something that I really struggled with in the beginning with AJ's diagnosis, especially because he was in the beginning considered nonverbal, had very limited uh, functional language. And so... If I could take some of the knowledge that I have now and give it back to myself when he was younger, what I would say is, um, first of all, you need to look at the root cause of the behavior. And what do I mean by that? So is, um, you know, when you have a toddler, you and a toddler is misbehaving, you tend to say, you know, are they hungry? Are they tired? Does something hurt? okay, no, they're just being naughty. Not that those things excuse naughty behavior, but generally you deal with the root cause, right? You may explain to a toddler. It's not outright rebellion. There's, right, there's some right. sort of. It's, it's naughty to scream and kick and hit. Let's go, you're hungry or you need a nap or you need whatever. So it's really no different. Not outright defiance. Yeah. Right, it's really no different with a special needs child. So I learned to, to kind of, look at AJ's situation and say, you know, is, is the environment too much for him here? Um, sometimes it is. Sometimes even at church, it's too loud or it's, you know, he can't always tell us he's hot or cold. Um, so he's maybe too hot. He's maybe too cold. All those sensory things um, can lead to a behavior that's not a disobedient behavior. It's his way of trying to let us know something is not right. 
In the beginning, he couldn't tell us if um, he was hurt. So um, sometimes I would immediately check for a fever because sometimes he was sick. He'd have a fever. He couldn't tell us if he had an earache. He couldn't tell us if he had a stomach ache. Well, if I was walking around with a headache or an earache, I'd be grumpy too. Yeah. You know, I know I can go get medicine and help me feel better. So I think in the in in the beginning, kind of look and see. Okay, what's the cause of this behavior? And is it autism related? Is it sensory related? Or is it just my kids being a kid? And I think the perfect example of the light bulb moment for me is a story I'll tell you about AJ. He was probably four, and I was really struggling with this. I was really trying to get a handle on, I wanna train my child to be well-behaved. You know, the Lord commands us to train up our children in the way that they should go, and I don't think that's any different for an, an, a child with autism. And so I remember clearly one day, I, don't, I think you were at work, I was working in the kitchen, and I had a rug in the, in the kitchen, and AJ was, at four was like an 18 month old on steroids in the body of a four year old. <laughs> like everything that an 18 month old gets into and more, this four year old boy would do. I mean, he was nonstop. You had to have eyes on him all the time. He'd be out of the house. He, he, he went upstairs to our neighbors. I mean, he was everywhere. You had to watch him. And I needed to get something done in the kitchen. And so I took him and I sat him on a mat because at that point I kind of knew visuals helped I wasn't quite fully understanding but I sat him on a mat <clears throat> and I looked at him and and I said don't get up I need you to stay there don't get up and I needed like five minutes to do something and I turned to do it and as soon as I turned my back he's up and, and off now with my other kids I would have immediately you know, saw that as a disciplining opportunity, a teaching opportunity. I would have said, that was disobedient. What did mom say? Mom said, and I would make them repeat it. Well, he couldn't do that. He couldn't, he wasn't talking yet. And so I was like, oh my goodness, maybe he doesn't understand. I, I really wasn't sure. We were told, we, they really didn't know what his IQ was going to be. We really didn't know if he would understand. So I was nervous to, to kind of get on at him for disobeying if he didn't understand the instruction. So I quickly prayed. I was like, Lord, I need help. I need to know that I'm, that I'm parenting properly. And I went and got him, and I put him back on the rug, and I said, Mama said that you're not supposed to get off this rug. You keep your bottom on this rug. And he's smiling at me because he's just so cute. And he's all teasing at me. And I was like, no, 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 no. Mommy said, stay on the rug. And I turn around. And when I turn back, he'd stayed on the rug. And he'd scooted the rug across the floor all the way to where he wanted to go to do what he wanted to do. But he'd obeyed. Yeah. He kept his little bottom on the rug. And that was the moment for me where, like, the Lord said, look, he understands. And when there's understanding, you can expect obedience. Yeah. And so uh, that was a big one for me where I realized, no. So check the, check the root cause of the behavior. You know, is there something causing it sensory-wise? Is, is your child overstimulated? Um, is, are they having trouble processing the environment? Is it too loud? You know, all of those things. AJ had trouble with sound, with light. All the motion and movement at Walmart, it was just too much for him. And, and we learned that as we went. So kind of look at that first. And then if there is no kind of reason 
autistic wise for the behavior, then look and see that there's understanding. And if there is understanding, then you can expect obedience. I hope that answers the question. It's a very good one. Um, but that's kind of what I would say. Yeah. we got folks still joining in right now, which is great. And I, I normally would try to read your names. We're having trouble with it. Uh, Facebook has made an update on their app. And so I'm not able to see the contrast of it as much. And that and Diane's black and shirt. white stripes on top of the white and black text burgundy. is having is that burgundy, burgundy. well black. i guess it is burgundy Are isn't it yeah. no, uh, <laughs> kind of so and that light over there is really blind to me so uh but uh yeah so um so we got another question and and this is it i mean so we're waiting for your questions and again share the feed we can get questions from other folks. We want to be able to help you and answer your questions about either receiving a diagnosis or just how to minister to children with special needs in general. And so the question we got was this, and the answer uh, to your answer was that that was a help. Good. So thank you Good. so much. So this comes from Pastor Crump over in Holbrook, all the way in Holbrook, Massachusetts. <laughs> uh, I would call a sister church of ours, just a fellowshipping church, very close to us and a wonderful pastor, pastor's wife. Uh, how can friends or churches better help parents and their children who have special needs, such as helping them feel comfortable in fellowship-type situations at church or in individual homes and in church services? You know, And there's a lot of different ways that you can do that. Of course, it depends upon the need of the child. Right. But having a space available is a great place to start. Having a place, whether it's a sensory room, a place where a child can... Uh, squeeze certain types of toys that help relieve tension mm -hmm. or with a weighted blanket. Uh, those types of things are a wonderful thing to do, but let's face it, not many churches can necessarily put the time or the effort or even the space as in our church right. to have a mm -hmm. sensory room. Uh, what you can do is just have a space that you know if a child needs to have a time to decompress, right. that they can go to that room with a parent and at least have some space have some toys available, have something available there. If you're not sure what to do, talk to that parent yeah. and ask. Yeah. Now, I'll use an example at the Crumps Church. Uh, mm -hmm. We took AJ to a John and Romans assembly. We were taking the scriptures, assembling them for two days. Their church and our church did this in conjunction. Well, as you can imagine, AJ was very interested in this for a total of two minutes. And, and there was a problem. We were doing this over two days for about 10 hours. So we had nine hours and 58 minutes left to fill. And so part of that was we just knew AJ couldn't be there. We couldn't expect him to be there for all that time. And so we had to make adjustments as parents to be able to do that. But then there's a, a room off of the fellowship hall off to the side. There's a little foosball table and things like that for their Christian school. And, and so Pastor Crump was kind enough to let AJ kind of run in and out of there freely. Uh, sometimes our girls were in there with him. Sometimes another church family's kids yeah. were in there with him. It was just a place where he could de-escalate uh, de a little yeah. bit, uh, yeah. take some stress out. We go visit folks in our church. In fact, our associate pastor and his mm -hmm. wife uh, have some toys that they uh, always have ready for AJ. Yeah. As soon as he comes in now, as soon as he walks in the door, he goes around the corner because <laughs> he knows these two tubs are going to be there. Yeah. And he starts unpacking them. Yeah. And he goes right for the oh, planes yeah. and right for the cars and right for the blocks. And that's a blessing. And so just being aware yeah. and asking uh, are wonderful helps, but for any child with special needs, having a space, having a place where they can be safe is one of the very basic things that I would say, and you can build out from there. Mm -hmm. And when you don't know what else to do, as always, just ask. Because I tell you, yeah. the parent will know, 
And even if they don't know and you don't know, well, then you're fine. Just work together and right, do what you right. can. Uh, but I, for us at first, it was just when we didn't know what else to do, we just need a place where we can take them. Yeah. We need a spot where we can take them. And for that was our church nursery for right, a while. Right. Um, and that could be different for other folks as well. I think, too, to help with um, on the parent side of things, um, just a couple, a couple of things, is let the parents know that there's – I don't want to say this, but it's going to sound bad, but I don't mean it. I don't mean that there should be no rules or boundaries. And if you've read our book, you know, we cover that in the book, but let the parent know that there's not an expectation. If that makes sense. Um, I know at our church, we have an expectation for AJ that he, as his parents, we expect him to sit and we've worked really hard on that. But it wasn't always the case. And we posted a video last week yeah. of him spinning in the back of our church. And so, but you know what? Nobody made me feel like that was not acceptable. Nobody made me feel like, you know, he shouldn't be doing that because this is God's house and he should be sitting still. Here's the thing. Guess what? Now he's sitting still. It just takes time and it takes patience and it takes a lot of work on a parent's part. So... As a, as a pastor, pastor's wife, or as a church member working with a special needs family, just let them know, look, this is, it's okay. What do we need to do to make this set it so it's comfortable for your family? And again, it doesn't mean the kid gets to draw all over the wall. No. You know, or if they do, like our son, he's made to clean it up, just like any other kid would. But just let them know that, you know, while we do have certain boundaries, AJ does too, that we want you to feel comfortable here. And then I think if you're going to have them, I think you asked about them coming into their homes and things like that. So two things, two things here. And again, I think of our associate pastor and his wife. They have rules in their home and, and we want to know what those rules are. Don't go up the stairs. Right. Yeah, don't go up so the stairs. So don't feel badly as a, as a church family that's having a family in, into your home. Don't feel badly if there are certain rules. Like, we would prefer your children not go up the stairs. That's their home. And they're being gracious enough to invite you into it. So don't be offended, special needs parents, if they tell you that. It's their home. Um, that doesn't mean that they don't want you there. It's okay. It's healthy to have boundaries. Um, but at the same time, they know... And, and Auntie's so sweet about AJ when he comes to eat. She knows what he likes, and she buys him special treats, and she, she, he knows where she keeps them, and he feels so at home there. And so I think it's kind of like a two-sided coin where, you know, maybe as a church family, understand things might look a little different when you have a family come in with special needs. One of the things that our son likes to do, and I tend to try and warn our hostesses of this, like if, if someone in our church is having us over, he has to look in every room. He has to oh, open yeah. every door. He wants to know. Because, why don't we want to? Yeah. Really? I yeah. mean, <laughs> don't we want to look yeah, in all the sure. rooms? We just kind of know that's not think, socially yeah. acceptable. He thinks it's a, it's a real estate open house. He's but going I mean, through like, every closet. They could, have, they could have treasures in there. Yeah. Why They're hiding it, so I've got to know what it is. And so I try to warn my host, you know, if, if we are going over to people's houses for the first time, I just have to warn you, we're teaching our son that that's not socially acceptable and that he shouldn't do that. But if he does, please just let me know. And it kind of, I think, 
I think it needs to be a two-way street. It can't all be on the church member. It has to be some on the special needs parent. Oh yeah, too. no, no. And, and it needs to be a two-way. We street. We want to make clear, and, and I, I hope that we're okay. Now we're, we're good. Back. Okay. <laughs> uh, I hope we make clear in the book that it's not just about a church. Give, 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 right. give, give, give. No, there needs to be a meeting of the minds. Right. There's no doubt of that. That everyone needs to give a little bit, right. uh, and give preference to the other. But it's just. For us, we're trying to explain how that uh, you can do that, sure. but at the same time, we have to have an understanding spirit as well. Uh, that's just the way it has to be with any special needs family. Yeah. Well, we had some folks join in. I saw Mike and Victoria Kadir, so uh, we miss you guys. And yes. you, uh, Mike is from up here, is in our youth department back in Florida, and so I love seeing pictures of you guys. I hope you're doing well. Uh, Gil Day, if I'm not mistaken. Is April, April Benefield's father. I believe so, that's correct. Uh, yes. You are, and uh, he should be commended just for being Tim Benefield's <laughs> father-in-law, for having to deal with Tim Benefield. <laughs> Sir, we'll send you a book, all right? You deserve it. That's you, funny. That's you deserve funny. your break today, all right? <laughs> and then uh, some other folks uh, as well, I think. Amanda uh, Shiflet. Uh, Amanda Shiflet shared it as well. A man uh, named oh, Melvin, yeah. who I don't know. Uh, some other folks, thank you so much for joining. Yes, We're kind of winding down right now for tonight, and uh, we want to remind you one more time, even though it's late in our um, live stream tonight, we still would like to see if you could share it. Hello, Sherry. Uh, thank you for joining us tonight here on the live stream here at the tail end this evening. We're glad you joined. Uh, if you would share the live stream, we're going to put you in our drawing for this book Ministering to Children with Special Needs, because even if you share it and it's done or about to be done, we can still connect with folks that way. Right. And just some other ways you can connect. Remember, to purchase a book, you can find the link that is here on this post. You can go onto Amazon and type Adam Rivero. Good luck with that, because you'll have to type Rivero. Uh, <laughs> Diane Rivero. Hey, you know what's easier? Sam Davison. Just try That's that. True. That will that be easier. And uh, you go on to Amazon, and you can find it that way. Like this page, Ministering to Children with Special Needs. We're trying to post a couple times a week just ways to be a help. This is not just a let's sell a book page. This is really let's connect together page and try to connect, especially a little bit of trouble here. All right, we're back. Uh, but most importantly, we want people to connect with the Lord, because really that's where uh, our final uh, and only uh, uh, real connection is that will last. Right, so uh, right. thank you to uh, Jessica for joining uh, us tonight as well. And so I'm going to try to do this, Diane, if you can hold the live stream for just a second. I'm going to see if AJ will come out here, because uh, he's been pretty excited. I mean, I can hear, I don't know if you all can hear. He's been... We, Wishing back night. there for the last hour, so we're gonna try all to bring night. him out and uh, pull one of these. Uh, uh, I, I, you know, before we do, I'd li before we finish tonight, I want to tell the story, and maybe you can bring your perspective on this. Yeah. So we talked about explaining special needs diagnosis with an older child. Oh yeah. Talk hey, about. Forgot. Now we're dealing with this with a totally different side, which we've never thought of. Our youngest, who was born after AJ. Right. She still does not understand mm -mm. the fact that AJ has autism. So I have a story to tell a little bit about that, but maybe if you give your perspective to while I get him. Of course, that would require me telling a story while he's Tell your story there. first, and then I'll Okay, so here's my... the story. There you go. Uh, there you go, because if we make him stand here, no. that's not going to work well for anybody. No. But uh, Peyton's starting to understand that her brother doesn't quite understand things the right. way that she does and sometimes it She's bothers her. She's surpassing him. In right, ways, exactly. Yeah. And so we were on vacation and... Uh, in New Hampshire and 
AJ and Peyton were on a playground. We were the only ones out there, myself, AJ, and Peyton. It was right outside our uh, room. And Peyton kept saying, AJ, come on, let's play. AJ, come on, let's play. AJ wanted nothing to do with it. <laughs> no. Nothing to do with it. And so I'm sitting in a little chair uh, off to the side. So Peyton, come over here. I said, Peyton, because she looked really sad. I said, Peyton, yeah. are you sad? She goes, yeah. I said, why are you sad? She said, AJ, he won't play with me. And so I thought maybe this is a teaching moment that we can have. Maybe this is a time. I mean, I can't say, well, do you know that when the neurons in your brain don't work the way, you know, I, you right, can't don't right. do that. But I, no. so, so the Lord kind of, I think, gave me a little bit of help here. And I said, you know, AJ, your brother, I said, he doesn't always hear things the way that you hear things. I said, his hearing doesn't work the same way. And so sometimes when we say things, he doesn't understand what we're saying. And I feel like, on a four-year-old level, that's a true saying without right. explaining what neurotypical yeah. means. Yeah. And she seemed helped by this and then ran off and was happy. And the next day I followed up with her. I said, do you remember what I said about AJ and his hearing yesterday? And she goes, no. <laughs> and so we're kind of back there again. So one of the things that we're thinking about and praying about right now is just over time how to slowly show her right. the fact that her brother is different as she's able to do more things. Right at a younger age than her brother is. And so uh, why don't you share maybe your perspective sure. on that a little bit. And I'm going to go, go see if he's him. in a uh, I can hear him. He's still talking. mood to come out here with us. So we'll see. We'll see. All right. Tell him, tell him that he'll get re a reward if he does. All right. Well, I can do that. See if he, we work on a reward, high reward system in our house. It works. Um, so just to add about Peyton, um, one of the sweet things about Peyton, though, is that her and AJ are really best friends. And for the longest time, uh oh, hang on, we've got it. His phone's about to die now. Hang on, oops, I can't see the screen. Hang yeah. on. Thank you. Oh, that's not good. All right, there we go. Okay. <laughs> um, for the longest time, he, when he was getting ready to leave school. They would always ask him, what do you want to do when you get home? And every day for, I want to say a year, a year and a half, because it was through the summer too, he would say, when I get home, I want to play with my Peyton and eat a snack. And so they have this really, really special bond, and which I think is such a blessing. Um, but she helps him. And, and like I said, when Adam was telling his story, in some ways she has surpassed him already. But he notices things like that, and it encourages him. Example would be this evening, um, we're trying to encourage him to eat some more foods that are not his preferred foods. And so um, I said, look, Sissy ate all of her carrots, and he looked at her, and he was like, oh, I'm going to eat all of my carrots too. So they have this special relationship, and I know that that's only going to help as he gets older and as she gets older and is able to understand more um, what's going on with him because there's already such an unconditional love built in there between the two of them um, that I think it, it'll it'll be easier for her to understand as she gets older. Um, one of the things I think that is interesting if you compare the two older girls to the younger girl, the two older girls tend to maybe mother AJ more because they're the big sisters, whereas Peyton doesn't let him away with anything, does she? Huh? Yeah. So hey. Does Sissy make you share your toys? Yeah. Yes? <laughs> does, does Sissy make you play with her? Yeah. Who's your favorite person? My favorite person loves to play. Loves to play? Who? Who do you love to play with? Which sister? 
Peyton. Yeah, yeah that's right. Come sit here. here. I sit need here your help, okay? Can you do help. special job? Come here. Come here. Oh, where here. are you going? Come here. Well, they want to they want to see you do There's special job. There's people that want to see you on TV. Don't you want to be on TV? Hey, it's your YouTube channel. You want to sleep? You, he wants... want to sleep. you are not sleeping. I can hear you. All right. <laughs> he really, really yeah. wants to have a YouTube channel. Yeah. He really does. Hey, come do your YouTube channel. Hey, you ready for your channel? Can you say welcome to my... Here. Welcome to the channel. What should they do? What should we do today on your channel? Should they... Sub... Jesus, surprise. Make sure you... Sub... Make sure you right. subscribe. Tell them to subscribe. Pew, 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 pew. Tell and, them. And they need to hit the button. Which button? The, the light. Hit the hit like the, button. All right. But Is that right? Down. Yeah, I'm afraid you're going you're gonna to turn it off. All right? So don't do that. He's, so, he's standing. He's all right. Good. So I need you. Are you going to help us? To pick Who's out that? a piece of paper. Because we have people that are watching our channel, AJ. And they want... We're gonna pick out one name for our channel, okay? Do you get to pick out the winner? No, thank you. I yeah. want to go sleep. You want to go sleep? go sleep? Okay. Hey, can give mommy? Look at me. Hang on. Give me your eyes a minute. Come here. Give me your eyes and your ears. Come here. Oh, oh that's not respectful. Respectful is to listen and oh, obey. Obey. That's right. Okay. You're gonna pick one name out of the bowl. Okay. Okay. Go pick in the bowl. Pick Just out pick one, one piece of paper. One. Just one. Okay. Give it to thank Daddy. You. All right. Thank you. Okay. You want the rest? No. What do you say okay. to all you your viewers? <laughs> what do you say to all your viewers? Do you tell them thank you for watching? Thank you for watching, but don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to subscribe. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Next, we're going to teach him, share this feed, and you can get a copy of our book. Right, never mind. Uh, all right. My so. phone, my phone, camera roll is literally full of him pretending to be on YouTube. He it's the cutest thing. He loves taking photos of ourselves. So and, funny. Uh, AJ picked out the name Amanda Shiflet tonight. Oh, so nice. Amanda, congratulations. Thank you so much you for joining. You can't see it. So it could say anybody. That's all right. <laughs> and, but uh, we are glad that you won tonight. So if you'd send us a private message and let us know your address, like I said, we'll get that out to you tonight. And uh, that will be a blessing. But thank you for everyone <laughs> for joining in tonight. Once again, Again, you can find our book, Ministering to Children with Special Needs, on Amazon by following the link. We do ask that you would subscribe to our page <laughs> and click that like thumbs up as a way to keep track of what's going on. We'd love to answer your questions during the week. If you have any questions, you can send a message to our page. You can email us at info at mylibertybaptist.org. If you live locally, if you live in the area, we would love to invite you to come see us at Liberty Baptist Church. Mm -hmm. But I think for us, that's it this evening. Yeah, so well, do you have... We're going to ask uh, more. Oh, that's right. Before we do that, we do want to just remind you, if you're watching all the way to the end, we'd like to cover some different topics on our live stream. And so if you have an idea of something that we could cover for our live stream, just drop it in a comment below. And that way, even afterwards, we'll go and review it and we would love to cover topics that would be a help and a blessing to you and to your church. We have lots of ideas, but we want them to be something that you want to watch. Um, I've had some people ask me questions on how we do things in the church as far as reward systems, how, to, how does a visual schedule work in our home, and we're happy to share all of that. We're happy to have AJ come on more and actually do things on the live to show you how we do things with AJ, but we want to know that that's valuable to you. Absolutely. Um, we don't want to put out content that's not something that you're interested in or that would be valuable. So let us know below what kind of things you're interested in learning about. Like if you could... <laughs> 
spend a day in the life of the Rivero family? Is there something you would want to know? Um, we're an open book at this point. We have yeah. therapists in our house all the time. Yeah. <laughs> we have no secrets. About 10 hours a week uh, <laughs> after school. And so yeah. to spend a life in the day of the Rivero family, that is something <laughs> we wouldn't wish on our word. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we are like, Marissa, uh, as we go, Marissa Savini, oh, uh, awesome family, ministry out friends. in the Cape. I hope you're doing well. You and Donald are doing a yes. fantastic job with Seth. And Amen. we sure are appreciative of you guys. So and love for you. For sure. Well, hey, thank you for joining us tonight. And even for the folks who are joining in right now, I hope you catch us right from the beginning. And we can't wait to see you the next time. Have a great, great night. Bye.